The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like trust, birth control, and boundaries. <laughs> Three very important things in the world. That's uh, what I carry begin... in my purse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, but before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health providers or practitioners mm -hmm. and you should go to legitimate <laughs> mental health <laughs> practitioners if you are experiencing uh mental health things because yes. sierra and i are not the answer i love when people write in and they're like you're my therapy and i'm like no we're not <laughs> we we are just two random strangers who have a lot of opinions on things yes yes we are unqualified we're under accredited um we are not professional relationship help people at all we are just two people here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on this incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love so please take our advice as you see fit in your life 
All right. So this week's check-in topic is just some business, Um, some exciting announcement about just break up behind the scenes. We are changing up our Patreon subscriber options. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a platform that helps creators like us um, be supported by our patrons, by our listeners, folks like you all, um, where you get to subscribe for a small amount monthly or annually um, and get some exclusive content, special rewards for that. Um, You can cancel at any time. And this is really one of the most direct ways you can go to support Sam and I for doing this work for you and for for providing the primary episode, the episode that you're listening to right now for free all the time. And Mm -hmm. Spencer, Mm -hmm. support Spencer. Um, So uh, for $5, for just $5 a month, that's like what, a small latte at this point? I cannot believe how much coffee is these days, by the way. I feel a thousand years old saying that, but... (laughs) The the bougie coffee shop that I sometimes go to charges like four fifty for just an americano, and I'm no. like, that's just no, 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 espresso no. When and you water. Have to spend Ten dollars to get two small, simple beverages, like whatever. Anyway, okay, <laughs> for just five dollars a month, so one latte a month, um, you can get access to an, a bonus exclusive episode where Sam and I take a deep dive into listeners' letters and topics like. Family relationships, um, workplace dynamics, friendship breakups, and uh, if we're being honest, like we often do BuzzFeed quizzes, you know, and silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah sometimes little, you really like, phone it in. <laughs> no, silly, not phone it in. It's just like a little bit more casual. It's, it's yes. definitely more intimate. Like we definitely have more intimate conversations. Um, on these bonus episodes. In addition to this bonus weekly episode, you'll also get a backlog of 100 plus episodes and video recordings of us. So if you want to see our faces, go check that out. Yeah, this is a a change from the current $5 level. So if you already are subscribing on Patreon for $5, you will now also get that video content as well, which was usually only for the $10 level. But we're we're mixing things up, people. Things are gonna <laughs> things are changing. Uh, Speaking of, so now, yeah, so now for ten dollars a month, in addition to everything you get in the five dollar a month bracket, so the the bonus episode, video and audio, you'll also get access to an exclusive monthly live stream with me and Sierra, where we'll do like ask me anything's Q and A's, interviews, anything that we really want to do. It's like because yeah. it's our podcast and not yours. But like, yeah, we. <laughs> We get to, we'll do a whole bunch of stuff. We'll hang out with you once a month. Yeah. It'll be like, you know, when we do our Instagram lives, but Mm -hmm. we'll do it on Patreon. And so folks who subscribe at $10 a month will get access to those things. Um, And then also you'll get an ad free version of the primary episode. So if you're tired of listening to us read ads, guess what? You have an option. You can, you can get rid of that (laughs) for only $10 a month. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you're like, oh my God, $10 a month. That's a lot more than $5 a month. But we're talking 1.5 lattes. Sam and I, (laughs) Sam doesn't even get a whole latte. I get a whole one and he gets half because he doesn't drink a lot of caffeine. (laughs) That's right. It's got to be decaf. It's got to be decaf. Yeah. Yeah. Also, here's another really exciting thing that we're adding to our Patreon is we're now going to be offering annual subscriptions. So if you subscribe, um, you know, for a one-time fee or whatever at $5 a month, um, you get two months off for free. So that's just $50 
once. And for the $10 level, if you subscribe at the $10 level annually, you get two months off and you get a guarantee that you will get your letter answered by Sam and I on air or in a private message. So if Mm -hmm. you are in frantic need of a response um, from (laughs) Sam and I and or you just really want to support us, you want to you want to contribute to the sustainability and health of our show, you want to ensure that you're going to get some awesome content from us for the next year plus two months free you can subscribe at ten dollars um annually two months off twenty dollars off whatever Hmm. can't do math um so yeah those are our new patreon levels yeah we would love if you would support us on this right this podcast is free to listen to and now to watch video of uh if you're interested in that uh but it's not free to make because uh sierra and i need to get equipment and we want to be paid for the time that we are putting to this podcast as well as spencer we want to pay spencer <laughs> absolutely yes we we definitely want to pay spencer um and so supporting us on patreon really just helps us be able to do that yes. um and we also know that that five dollars a month ten dollars a month isn't in people's budgets too so if you're not able to subscribe that's also okay we love you we welcome you to this podcast like this is also for you we're just asking folks that have it in their budget and would be able to to support so that everyone can continue to get this content for free so i love um love you all no matter if you you support us on patreon or not uh and we would love for you all to show us some love by by giving us a little money every month so that we can continue (laughs) to do this in a sustainable way for us. I love that. You crushed that. Um, Also, Sam, like, briefly mentioned this, but we haven't actually said this. Just so you know, if you want to watch Sam and I record these primary, or, like, talk to each other during these primary episodes, (laughs) we now offer our uh, primary show on YouTube. So you can go and subscribe, uh, Just Break Up Podcast, on YouTube, and you can watch these primary episodes be recorded. Yeah, so you can watch all the weird gestures and facial expressions we make at each other. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's like a closed captioning option on YouTube, which awesome. won't be always accurate. But like, I know that definitely helps folks out. So we wanted to shout that out. Anyway, as Sam said, we love you regardless. Always. Thanks for listening. We fucking love doing this show and we love mm-hmm. our community. Uh, you want to get into these letters? I think we got some good ones this week. We always yes. have good ones. <laughs> yes, let's do it. All right, our first letter comes from a sad pile of dust, <laughs> whose pronouns are she, her, uh, who is writing from a whole jar of pickles. Excellent intonation. <laughs> a sad pile of dust. A sad pile of dust. Can you believe uh, a, that little can sad you pile believe? of dust? It's <laughs> writing us a letter. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> what a cool, sentient little pile. <laughs> I love it. Okay. All where'd right, you, where'd you get those of... thumbs, pile yeah, right? of dust? How are you doing Sorry. This? Like, do you have it's little gonna hands? A... <laughs> it's going to be a really long but fun episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Sad Pile of Dust writes, Dear Sam and Sierra, I wrote a whole version of this letter that is a fucking novel because the situation has so much history. So believe it or not, this is a shorter version. <laughs> I'm in worse than a pickle. I'm in a whole jar of them. Basically, I'm a 21-year-old, she, her, in a relationship with a 21-year-old, he, him, let's call him Eric, and I have a best friend and roommate, same age, she, her, let's call her Amy. The three of us lived together in winter 2020 through summer 2021, so the pandemic was in full swing. She and I have medical issues and family with medical issues that makes us all, understandably, the most cautious of the virus. He comes from a family that is is very much the opposite though he himself is pretty safe as far as people our age go. 
However, at a certain point, there were enough disagreements about risk right before vaccines became available that Amy and Eric ended up from going ended up going from good friends to not speaking. There was so much fighting and I tried to manage and mitigate and tried to keep the peace in ways that ended up putting more stress on me and didn't actually help. Reading Codependent No More was a real doozy. <laughs> After that lease ended, he and I broke up. A few months later, we went on a walk to talk about some things and both ended up sharing what we had learned in the time we were apart in the form of accountability and apologies. After a series of similar walks, we ended up deciding we wanted to try again. And I'm happy to say that about six months in, we've been putting all that growth into action and we are doing really well. So here's the problem. I am worried deeply about getting back together with Eric because I know his actions hurt Amy. They hurt me too, but he and I worked through things in a way that I'm really okay with and he has shown up for me differently since. They're never going to get that experience and she isn't interested in it. When she and I talked about it, she was so graceful. She told me that she was okay and that she'd left it in the past. I felt like I didn't deserve a friend or housemate like that. For the whole time of Eric's and my new relationship, they haven't seen each other. And that's my doing. I've kept them totally separate. Until today. He came by to drop something off and she came home an hour earlier than I thought she would. The lock in the door turned and he literally sprinted out of the room because he knows how fucking much I get stressed out to think that they'll see each other. But she totally saw. So I said, Eric's here, sorry. And she was like, yeah, I know. He doesn't need to go hide. I've never been so embarrassed and ashamed. She mm -hmm. obviously felt so awkward. Yeah, I can't tell you how gross the fabric of the air of that situation was. And I'm leaving out a lot of details for brevity. Mm. He left and she and I both left the house and came back and talked later. I said that I know I'm projecting my shame onto both of you. And that isn't fair because you've both expressed to me on several occasions that this is fine. You just really don't want to see each other. She expressed that she feels like she must be a monster for me to feel so freaked out. And I tried to reassure her that she's only been wonderful. She told me that she wasn't mad at me, but that she was sad for me and very uncomfortable with the sneaking around because she hates that quality most in any person. And she was feeling isolated again. She went home for the weekend to take some space. Sam and Sierra, what I'm struggling with here is comprised of two things. One, how do I reconcile things with myself? I go to therapy, I read, I'm trying to get better at boundaries. I know that my past trauma works into this and how. I repeat to myself what y'all said one time, which was to turn that shame into guilt and guilt into acceptance. But I can't because even though I accept my decision for myself and my life because he and I did the work together, I feel like I'm making a decision on her behalf to have him exist in her space when they did not do the healing together. And that feels fundamentally wrong to me. I feel like a bad friend. And in doing all this shit to try and keep her from having to be a strong and kind for me, I've actually been a much worse friend. I don't know how to be a good friend. I don't know what to do. Number two, I don't know how to accept love after I've done something wrong. After this incident, I also apologize to Eric for making this more difficult than it needs to be and projecting so much stress that his response was to run out of the room when she came in. He was so kind to me about it and so loving and I felt physically uncomfortable with that. And it's the same reason that I couldn't take Amy at her word that she was okay in the first place. I was taught by other friendships and relationships that I'd be punished for tiny mistakes. So when someone doesn't yell at me or punish me or give me the silent treatment or hold it over my head, I feel like A, they're not telling me the truth and it'll be a sneak attack. B, they'll resent me later. C, the universe will punish me in some other way because they're not doing it. So I guess I just punish myself in that way and I don't know how to stop. I know that the only thing left to do is change. I try to do better, but what if it is too late? What if the damage to Amy's trust in this friendship has been done? What if I can't do it? 
something I've worked through and am working on lately is that I'm not perfect and cannot be. I was always praised for being the kindest, best person, but surprise, I just didn't have any boundaries. When I heard on the show about how we get scared someone will see us for the horrible person we know that we are, that hit home. So yeah, I don't know how to have messed up this friendship and come back from the ashes of it. I was already at a huge mental low, mentally and physically, and this made me feel like a shell of a person. I feel like I have nothing kind or of value to offer her, and it will make me deeply uncomfortable if she decides to be my friend in a real way after this. And if she doesn't, I'll hate myself forever. So either way, I'm fucked unless I figure out the shame spiral I'm in. I already go to therapy and I've already pinpointed where I was taught these things. I just feel like I've been making the same mistakes for years and that I have nothing to offer a friendship that's been hurt like this in the middle of an ongoing pandemic in which we're both depressed and anxious anyway. I'm at a loss and I will literally take any help. I feel so, so terrible for hurting them, Amy especially. I could write a letter three times as long about how much I value you both and how I want to be your friends and you make me feel less lonely and more hopeful in times when it's been very hard for me to find friends with whom I feel safe. I hope you're well. I love you and thank you regardless of your answer. With love, Dust. Oh, Dusty. <laughs> little pile of dust. I just want to scoop little you up. Little pile of dust. I just yeah. want to scoop, scoop you up in a dustbin. And and then do what? <laughs> I don't know. Snug, snuggle, snuggle you? Snuggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay. So thank you so much for writing dust. Um, take a deep breath with me. Uh, we love you. And you did a good job writing this letter. Like there's so much same spiraling going on. I can hear you being like, I didn't write this letter well enough or I left things yeah. out or I said too much or whatever. Like, hey, all of you is welcome here. Um, and you did a good job representing yourself and your loved ones. Mm. Um, so let's just dive in. I know you have possibly been told this but i want to reiterate it a hundred times because this was a lesson that i learned late in life and i'm still turning trying to like learn or or apply other people's experiences other people's feelings with one another or about one another are not your responsibility you mm -hmm. are not responsible for how other people heal and move on in their lives and find happiness. Can we affect one another's feelings? Yes. Is it nice to make someone feel good? Yes. But mm. we are at our core of our humanity. We are not responsible for other people's emotions. We are not responsible for other people's healings and healing and their happiness. Right. And especially in this context of a friendship, being a good friend doesn't mean relinquishing anything that causes your friend any emotion that isn't happiness. Like being a good friend isn't being a neutral <laughs> yeah. friend, right? Being a good friend isn't accommodating your life so that they don't have to deal with your life, right? I don't think you're doing anything wrong. You didn't do anything wrong getting back with this person. That is your autonomous freedom to seek out happiness and change in your life. You did not mm -hmm. do anything hurtful to your friend by going back with this person. I, I don't think so, right? Period. I don't think so. And, and 
being a good friend definitely doesn't mean like aligning your life in a way that doesn't cause them harm. Even if you did, like, even if she said, you know what, I really don't like that you're with this person, you still didn't do anything wrong. That's you're those feelings of her of her potentially not liking this relationship or let's keep it in reality not liking your boyfriend those are her responsibility that that that's her responsibility right yep no absolutely and i i think that it's also important to say that like what sierra and i are not saying in this moment is to like never take other people's feelings into account right yes like, that's not okay right yeah. like there's a, no there's like a balance here of yeah. being like yeah i'm not you know, I can't control other people's feelings and like we can take them into account and we can also own up to when we have done something that has hurt people's feelings. Right. Like that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is like trying to release you from this idea that your job is to make everyone happy and that the things that you do are the only thing that are impacting other people's happiness as well. Right. Like, right. It's not. There's a million bajillion factors that are going into whether or not Amy is happy in this moment. And you are one of them, <laughs> right? Yes. You may be a big one in some moments and you may be a tiny fraction of one in other moments, right? Yes. So like holding that um, and recognizing that like, like Sierra said, being a good friend doesn't mean that you like only ever make your friend happy. But being a good friend is about like receiving and believing what the other person is feeling yes. and asking of you right and saying like okay you're telling me that it's okay if you two run into each other right like you're telling me like you, you don't yep. want to be friends with him but like we don't need to sneak around like you can do this so like it's about saying like okay great thank you for asking or telling me what you need we can make that happen right and not be imposing this idea of i don't believe you you're clearly lying you're clearly more upset than you are right like she's an adult. <laughs> she can, right. she can regulate her own emotions. She can figure out how she needs to take care of herself if she doesn't want to be around this person. Right. Like, it's not like you're like, Hey, you have to be friends with him and you have to be around him. You're just like, yeah, we're going to live our lives. And that means he's going to yes. be here sometimes. And yeah. I recognize that that's hard for you. And let me know what I can do to help you navigate this yeah. because you're both important to me. Yeah. And we're also not saying like that this is not uncomfortable like the mm. times like in your life sam have you been like not the third wheel but the middle party you know in yeah absolutely it's, and it's uncomfortable it's stressful it's that's where this people pleasing um codependency comes out right where you're like well i just want this to go away i can swallow it so that they don't have to deal with this discomfort or whatever Oof. you know yeah uh, well <laughs> But like you just held up a mirror to me. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 we do that to, to because we think we can withstand it, and other people shouldn't have to because we're we right. are the imposing ones, right? Um, right? So we're definitely not saying like I should have led with this is deeply uncomfortable. It's really hard to be the middle person. I'm proud of you for even feeling the self-assuredness of being like, no, I want to give this relationship another try because I think mm -hmm. me in a past life would be like, nope, I am never going to find <laughs> happiness again. Never going to have, you know, like I just, I, I would have ghosted them both. I would have been like, peace, right. can't deal with this. Right. Um, and I just want to say, yes, this is difficult. A living, ex a, a living situation in which these tensions exist. That's so hard. And so, 
you're also not a bad person or a bad friend for feeling stressed out about this because it's stressful, period. It's stressful. Mm. Even if, mm-hmm. you, I mean, I, Sam said what I wanted to say, which is believe your friend. She said she can handle this. She just doesn't want to be friends with him. So you have to take her at that word, at her word. Mm-hmm. And also it's going to be uncomfortable. It, it just is. But yeah. discomfort gets less uncomfortable the more we are familiar with it, the more we lean into yes. it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's that idea of, of course, this is uncomfortable. And of course, you're having trouble believing your friend, right? Because you said, yeah, you know, you've had 21 years of experience of people not telling you their full emotions or saying something's OK and it's not and then using it against you. And so, like, yeah, of course, you're you're having trouble with this, right? Because right. you've been taught a different way this whole time. And much like it is when we try and learn something new, right? Like if we were going to learn how to knit, like, would we expect ourselves to be perfect at it? No, we're probably going to make mistakes. It's probably going to be challenging. We're going to use our hands in Especially ways that we're, we're not used to. Especially if we were taught to knit in the wrong way <laughs> yeah, for however many that. years. Like, Yes, and we're trying to do it again <laughs> or learn how to do it again. Um, and so just give yourself some grace in this moment to say, like, I'm noticing this thing coming up in me, this yeah. deep shame around this. And of course, I'm feeling this shame, right? I was taught that that's yes. how I'm supposed to respond to things when yes. I've done something wrong or how I'm supposed to respond when my friends are uncomfortable is to feel a deep shame, to feel like it's my fault, to feel like I need to fix it. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Of course I'm feeling this. Yeah. And recognize the fact that like that feeling isn't probably going to go away, <laughs> right? Like it's probably it, yep. going to continue to come up. And and the goal is not to get rid of the feeling. The goal is to respond to the feeling differently, right? Yes. To say like, oh, hello, I recognize you. Yep, hey, that's shame. What's up, girl? Here it is. Long time I'm, no see. Just kidding. Saw you yesterday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> saw you five minutes ago. <laughs> right. And recognizing like, oh, yep, here it is. That is a familiar thing to me. It's the it's because of what I've been taught about the world. It's trying to protect me. And yes. I have the opportunity to choose something different because I know that that isn't going to work for me in this moment. Yes. But like if you're if you're your marker of success is I never feel this shame come up in me, then you're setting yourself up for something that's never going to happen. Right. Wow. And you're setting yourself up for another way to feel shame. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I'm, I'm saying this because it's like, oh I'm God. literally talking I, to myself letter, right now. Yeah. was so <laughs> relatable. I was like, ah, yes, this shame tornado that I get stuck mm, in. Yeah. yeah. Let me ask Peter for the 17th time if he's okay. Are, I, are you sure oh that God. you're fine? Did you? Yeah. <laughs> but also funny thing. I like, I summarized this letter to Willow this morning and I was like, essentially, what would you say to me? <laughs> what would you say mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. me? Uh, and I, I'll share it in a second. Uh, th- I just oh, perfect. Wa- yeah. Two notes before I share what Willow said to me. Bring her in. Yeah. Willow. <laughs> She's Come here. watching the baby. <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. Um, <laughs> you have to have someone that does that. <laughs> you can't just leave her. No, no, no. What if she, what if I just like popped her up in the video and I was like, she's actually on my boob the whole time. That's Patreon, guys. Subscribe surprised. $5 honestly, a month. <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised if that was what was happening. Uh, okay, so t- two things that I want you to consider before I share what my wife shared with me. One, uh, you said, you know, your friend was so graceful um, and she received what you brought to her so well. And you said, I feel like I don't deserve a friend like that. Mm. One, you need to believe what your friend is saying to you. And two, you need to believe that she is your friend. You, you deserve this friend. 
it you don't you do. have this friend because you don't deserve her. You have this friend because you enrich her life and because you mm-hmm. are a good friend because you're a deserving person. I would examine why you think you didn't deserve such a nice response. It sounds like you are examining that in therapy and have a good grasp on where that comes from. But like, again, let me stop that thought in its tract and say, no, 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 you deserve that response. You don't need Mm -hmm. to question that response. You don't need to caretake for your friend now because she said, I'm cool with this. Let just give me my space, respect my boundaries. And I'm cool with it. That graceful response is yours. It's well-deserved. And Mm -hmm. also in your, in the end of your letter, you kept musing about like, I know I don't have to be perfect. I know I, I know I can mis- make mistakes, but I can't sit with that. I can't sit with that. I want to offer just like one different perspective. Like, what if this is perfect, right? Like, what if you were like, I am perfect. I am perfect because it's perfectly okay to mess up. I am, I am mm. perfectly okay to make mistakes. This is perfect, right? Because there's no alternative. There's no other level. There's here. Mm. Let me let, let me. Let, let me let you in on a little secret. It's not that you are imperfect and other people are perfect out there. I used to think that, right? I used to think, well, right. I'm just not one of those people that can get it right all the time. <laughs> or like, if you yeah. love me, you're going to have to deal with all my bullshit because I'm not perfect, right? Guess what? There's This sounds like a Hallmark card, but there's no perfect. There's no one out there who's better at it than you are because we are all imperfect. We all... Mm-hmm make mistakes. We all bring stress to other people's lives. We mm-hmm. like, so I, I know it's hard to see, like, say like, I'm perfect because the definition of that word is like without flaws. I get it. Sometimes our brains are like, nope, that doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> or maybe that's our trauma. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, you're, what you're seeking what you're the what you're healing yourself from the idea of like, oh, I know I can't be perfect. It's not real. Like perfection's not real. So what if it is this? What if perfect is coming to the revelation that there's you don't have to seek for that anymore. You don't have to punish yourself mm-hmm. for that anymore. So this is what my wife said to me when I said, Love it. what would you say to someone who feels as though other people's feelings are their responsibility, their burden that they need to fix? They need to that they need to make things right for other people. And my wife said, I would say, imagine the personal freedom you could experience if you relinquish, if you relinquished the need to manage and control other people's expectations of you. That's mm. worth exploring. Well, Willow. Well, she meditates a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, she can sub in for me any day. Yeah. Uh, she, you know what? She really loves a good poop joke, but my wife spends a lot of time on mindfulness. She she has what she calls like a mindful practice and she'll, she'll practice different mindful approaches. And I think one of the things she's practicing right now is relinquishing control of expectations of things around her, desire sure. for things to be different, things like that. So we want to, my wife and I, but mostly my wife, want to invite you, dear letter writer, to imagine the personal freedom. How free would you feel if you immediate, if you just said, you know what, it makes me feel something that my roommate is uncomfortable, but that feeling is not my responsibility to fix. You know, 
I can, I can free myself of that. I can just sit in those feelings instead of letting them rule my definitions of myself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And imagine what you could do with that energy that wasn't about frantically fretting about whether or not your friend totally. is uncomfortable too, right? Like, totally. Imagine where other, like what other places that energy could go into, um, whether that's like care for yourself or mm -hmm. care for the things that you love or care for your your friend and your boyfriend, right? Like there's there's so much potential there that's being blocked by this this like false yeah. sort of mandate that you have that you're in charge of everyone else's feelings. And that's a bad block, not a good right. block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> to be clear. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 Uh, and there's just a world of opportunity that is not fretting <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean like i'm saying this to myself too yeah so. no i know literally uh, this is really helpful for me <laughs> yeah i love this letter and i love this response um pile of dust we hope that you feel heard um we hope that you feel loved and listened to and we also hope you feel a little bit freer uh to accept the love around you um and to accept the love we're giving you absolutely thank you so much for writing we love you all right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because <laughs> love it. <laughs> honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. 
You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Our next letter comes to us from Nuva Ring, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from a land with no reproductive freedom. Hi, y'all. Thanks for everything you do. I have a weird one in light of all of the conversations about Roe versus Wade. Here goes. My husband, 32, he, him, and I, 33, she, her, are sexually active and don't want kids. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. We think they're cute, but they're just not our style. And we mean absolutely no shame on people who love and want them. I have a lot of medical conditions and can't take birth control. And he has a latex allergy. Go figure. So we use other methods of prevention. But honestly, I had a lot of peace of mind knowing that if I needed one, I could get an abortion. Well, that is looking a lot less certain for me now. Our state is one that will likely repeal abortion access ASAP, and this is a big stressor for me. I just talked to my husband about getting a vasectomy since they're relatively non-invasive procedure, and we definitely don't want children. And he basically told me no, and that he would rather I talk to my doctor about something I can do. He knows my complicated medical history, and it just felt so dismissive. And it just felt so dismissive of him. I told him I told him we didn't need to rush into anything and that I would be happy to support him in t- talking about this decision more. But he asked me not to bring it up again. I guess my question is, is it okay for me to feel frustrated? Why does all of the family planning or family unplanning labor fall on women? Why does he seem to want me to take this one on alone? Was it my was my suggestion really that unreasonable? I welcome all and any thoughts you might have. It's a scary time out here and y'all are making this world feel a little less overwhelming, even if you don't answer this on air. All right, Nuva Ring, thank you so much for uh, writing in, for listening, for trusting us with this very important and timely question. I'm sorry you had this experience with your husband. Sam and I thought that this would be a great opportunity to talk to our resident 98% straight heterosexual male, (laughs) (laughs) a.k.a. our producer, Spencer Worth-Davis. Welcome to the primary episode, Spencer. Hello. Hi. Thank you for that lovely intro. (laughs) Yeah, that's how we refer to you always when you're not around, just FYI. I'll take it. We don't say your name. We just say the 98. (laughs) Straight heterosexual. I just wanted to like hit it home that you. (laughs) 98%, but then really double down on the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you're not all straight, but you're definitely straight heterosexual. <laughs> yeah, sure. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, we wanted to talk to Spencer. We wanted to bring Spencer on the show, um, particularly because our lovely producer has proudly and recently gotten a vasectomy because him and his wife uh, do not want to have children. And I thought it was a really important, impactful opportunity for you to be able to tell us about that experience. Sure. Um, do you want me to go through my experience before we talk about the letter at all? Because I have lots of thoughts uh, about what? that also. <laughs> yeah, what? I have a lot of thoughts about the letter <laughs> yeah, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just thought it, it let's, I just want you to tell me about your experience getting a vasectomy first and then we'll unpack the letter second. Sound good? Sure. And we can stew in our feelings about the letter, like steep, like tea. <laughs> yeah, my favorite. Okay, They'll just get stronger as you talk. <laughs> got it. Got it. Um, well, they're very easy. Um, yes. It took probably 15 minutes. Um, yes. Wow. And how did you, so like, I know that you had to go, you had to like go to your doctor and say, I want this. Like, what was the experience from that point on? Sure. So yeah, you have to do like a, a consult first where they just okay. like basically hand you a pamphlet and say like, here's what we're, what we're going to do. Is this what yeah. you want to do? And you either say yes or no. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh-huh. because as, as men, you know, we get to make our own decisions about our own bodies and doctors don't question them and you don't have to bring your partners with to those yeah. appointments. Ayo! Uh, hey, isn't that yeah. great? It's I so mean, yes, sad. it is, I'm but th- we should do the same thing for women. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, I went and talked to the doctor who would be doing the procedure if I decided to do the procedure and we talked for like five minutes about what the procedure and the recovery would be. Um... And then I scheduled an appointment on the way out for like a couple of weeks later. And then they write you a prescription or they wrote me. I'm, maybe it's different in other places. A prescription for one, exactly one Valium to take before the, the procedure. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, well, I was going to say it's like a baby Valium, but you shouldn't give babies Valium. You should not give babies Valium. But like a, no, I'll, I'll ta- I'm taking notes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how babies work. Uh, no, no, I'll text you later and say, so I've got this value. Just kidding. Should I give it to my baby? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it need to be pink in order for me exactly. to give it to yeah, her? Yeah, or yeah, like... right, right. yeah, make sure you don't get the blue one. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. In case you're just like, you know, anxious ahead of time. Um, yes, that's not like mm-hmm. a pain thing. Pain, pain management is something else. Yeah, so you go to like, a, for me, it was like a, health partners specialty center in an old movie theater that had been turned into (laughs) a health partners (laughs) clinic. What, what theater did you have to go into? Yeah. (laughs) And they're like, go to theater four for your vasectomy. I'm pretty sure I saw spice world in like the same physical location that I got a vasectomy like 20 years (laughs) later. That's amazing. That is the the full circle that I've been hoping for in my life. Yeah. That just proves that the Spice Girls are like true feminism. Yes. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't, but I'm willing to accept that statement. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, So yeah, you go in and they give you like a a shot of Novocaine so you don't feel anything. And then they, I mean, I didn't watch because I didn't really want to watch. Yeah. But you sit on an operating, like a little like operating table. You sit on it? Yeah, it's like one of the, it's like laid? a dentist chair kind of where, yeah. you know, reclines. Okay. Um, and now, does the shot of Novogaine, like, can you rate it on a pain scale? 
I want people to know so that they can play this for their partners or for themselves. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. Like I, I think yeah. we should know what these procedures feel like so we can anticipate them and that know, know that we can handle them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you've had a shot of Novocaine before, it's like for dental work or something, it's similar. Like it yeah. hurts for a few seconds and yeah. then a few seconds later you don't feel anything. It's and obviously sorry, a little less me, pleasant. Like where it, do you get the, the shot? Yeah, getting a shot in, is the, it like in the scrotum is not ideal. Um, okay. Yeah. Like, you know. Sure, sure, sure. I guess neither neither yeah. is. But like the a mouth, hysterectomy but. is not great either. So <laughs> yeah. we'll get to all that stuff. <laughs> we'll get to the <laughs> That's why I asked where you wanted to start on this. Yes. Uh relatively speaking, it's essentially nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But you get a shot of Novocaine, you wait a few seconds for it to kick in. Yeah. And then they make one tiny little incision. They sever the two vast deferens inside of your scrotum. And then they put like literally one stitch in to yeah. close up. It's like, I there's video now, yeah. I guess. So I can, it's stitch. like, you know, the tiniest little cut. Uh, one stitch. And then... 10 minutes later, you 10 minutes later, you walk out of there and go home and you and ice your balls for two days. <laughs> yeah. So for like ice your balls for two, for days. two days, I didn't uh -huh. really like do any physical activity. You know, I mostly like sat around and kept an ice pack on, on my balls. And then a couple more days of like, you know, not running or riding my bike or having sex or like yeah. things like that. And then, what did it feel like during the recovery time? Like, did you feel like you needed the ice pack? Like, did it feel it's, it's sore for, like, afterwards? There's some soreness. It's mostly just for swelling. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like. But you weren't like ever like the pain scale. You weren't ever. I don't think I took any. Like, dang. I don't think I took any. Like, they don't give you any prescription anything. Right. And I don't think I right. took and ibuprofen you didn't take, or anything. Like, ibuprofen no, or... it's. Mm -hmm. Honestly, the pain afterwards is minimal. Okay. It's, it's just sort of uncomfortable because, like, like, you know, you have a yeah. stitch in your scrotum yeah. and you don't want it to come out. Yeah, tiny little, yeah. Um, and then you have to wait for a certain amount of time to, like, ensure that it is effective, Yeah, so after right? a week. Before you have unprotected sex. Right. Yeah, so after a week, you can pretty much do whatever you want or whatever is comfortable. Like, you know, once the stitch comes out, if it doesn't hurt, go for it. Like, you can... Yeah. You know, I was riding my bike like eight days later or something. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's different doctors recommend slightly different things. Some recommend like a number of ejaculations before getting checked. Some recommend like okay. a length of time that okay. I think, you know, roughly correlates to yeah. a number of ejaculate, like an average number of ejaculations <laughs> yeah. spread out across time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, you know, like 50. I see the research on that one well yeah honestly like so my doctor told me like yeah come back in like three months and others will be like once you've come 15 times you're probably good to get checked so it's like oh my god. somewhere oh my god. Funny. in between um okay. and then yeah you go you bring a semen sample to a lab and they say either there's still sperm here you got to wait a couple more weeks or there aren't sperm here you're yeah. you're good to go cool <laughs> Um, fascinating. Uh, I want to just say really quickly, like, so you went to the doctor, got a referral, came back, went again for the procedure. Not even a referral. Like back. I made an appointment with the doctor who did the procedure. 
just like, yeah, yeah, oh, online, yeah, yeah. Now, I was like, I would like a vasectomy schedule. Yeah. I'm thinking about <laughs> in comparison to what people have to do to get birth control or something more, um, more intense, you know, um, how many appointments we're talking about. So you like, you had to go to this location or go, you had to leave your house three times. Right. Um, yeah. A consult, the actual procedure. And then like the follow-up was I brought a plastic cup of semen to a lab <laughs> like, and handed yeah. it to yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they called me later. Left. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's what I wanted to confirm. Um, because I think it's, Honestly, thank you for being so transparent and willing to talk about this on our show, um, mm-hmm. because I think it's so important for us to know what these procedures look and feel like. And also like for us folks with, I don't know, social anxiety or like don't like I know you and I both like practice making phone calls before <laughs> we make them, you know, like uh, for folks who who feel anxious about what does it mean to like drop off a cup of cum to a, you know a lab it feels i think it's important to to spell it all out um, they give you a to, they give you a nice paper bag with your name on it so you don't you, you're not just you carrying to put the cum like you in. can't yeah you like hand someone a lunch bag <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not just like a <laughs> A Starbucks cup? You don't have any sperm, but your semen is highly caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so thank you. Um, and then I guess do we want to just get into the, like, as the person who could impregnate someone at one point in a partnership and a partnership that you came to by deciding, like you, like you two decided you did not want to have children. Um, tell me your feelings about this letter. Or, or <laughs> I <clears throat> No, I'm curious for you, Spencer, also, like, what was the decision-making process like to get to, I want to have a vasectomy? And was there, like, any, like, I don't know. Pushback? Masculinity issues that oh, you're, Oh, that's like, a great question. I think because it's, like, because, like, I think that a lot of people who have penises and identify as men probably are thinking, like, it's going to make me less of a man if I, like, am not shooting sperm out of my penis, right? Like, so I'm just curious if any of that came up for you or, like, how you approached it. Yeah, for, for my wife and me, it was, like, once we decided that we didn't want to have kids, it was sort of the obvious choice for, like, some of the reasons we've already talked about, like it's cheapest. It is mm. highly, highly effective. It's minimally mm. invasive. Like our insurance will just cover it. Like I didn't pay, I paid $0 to have this done. Oh, good to know. Good to know. Even if you don't have insurance, it's like at most 1500 bucks, which compared to even like the cost of birth control over time <laughs> is... Yeah. L- All of our listeners who don't live in America are like, what? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah that too. <laughs> so it just kind of was like objectively like the, the right answer for us in terms of right. all of those factors. Um, and also like even hormonal, hormonal birth control is like way more invasive in terms of the effect yes. it has on your body over time. Even the process of like having an IUD put in can oh be like more invasive than that too, right? I'm and sure that only it's lasts way more a painful. few years, whereas like a yeah, whereas like a vasectomy lasts forever. Yeah, it's fifteen <laughs> and took ten minutes. Like, it was like fifteen <laughs> minutes and it's permanent. Yeah. Um, 
Thank you both for talking about this. My love for you is growing <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> to, to answer this, it was already so big, though. How can your little heart handle all of it? <laughs> it's it's huge right now. <laughs> <laughs> to answer the second part of your question, Sam, um, I didn't particularly struggle with that because, like, it was really the masculinity stuff because it's like my my wife was very supportive in us making this decision and it was a choice that we made together and so like the only person that would have had to even know was super supportive mm. oh my god that mm-hmm. is such a good that's a really good insight and for sure if i like i like to talk about it because i think men should talk about it and not like be scared of it but like no one would ever have to know nothing like literally yes. nothing changes other than the sperm doesn't get out <laughs> like it's, <Anywhere>. still, yeah. <laughs> it's not even that you stop making it it's just like in there instead of out there i i just want y'all to know that spencer and i are at the level of a friendship in which i had him text me essentially a play-by-play of this vasectomy yeah and and we had an intense conversation, two, two that come to mind. One where I was like, but what happens to it in your body, <laughs> you know? And he had to explain to me that it just sort of like dissipates, you know, because yeah. our body yeah. like gets rid of things inside of it yeah. all of the time. Eventually your body actually of- develops antibodies because it's like, well, this thing isn't useful oh anymore. God. So we just oh my God, that's we'll, fascinating. We'll stop it. Fasc- <laughs> I wish my body did that. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Semen. Um, okay. Anyway. And then the other thing that I really enjoyed Siemens not uh, gross, was, Sierra. Come on now. No, it's not. I'm it's saying like I, w- I was doing, it, I was doing right. an impression of my body rejecting it. Like if yeah. my body pr- created antibodies. Sure. Um, got anyway, it, got it. uh, the second thing I deeply enjoyed of this whole process is I, I think I was on the phone with you when you got the email back from the lab and we were trying to interpret the findings so, of how many sperm they found in your <laughs> You in were your the semen. only person at the time because you were doing, you were trying to get pregnant. Who yeah. I was like, so we were like sh- sharing weird body. Who things. do I know who sure, I could sure, call sure. about this? Who might know what some of these words mean? <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because I had to like, yeah. I was like yeah. non non modal. Is that good or bad <laughs> for me? Do we want to be super modal right. or are um... things supposed to be moving or staying put? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> loving this. Uh, uh, yeah, do we? I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the letter Spencer. Sure. Um, f- I guess to start, it's I think it's totally fair to be frustrated and or upset with this situation. Yeah. Um, I don't think she's being unreasonable at all. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, I think she suggested what is probably the most like objectively reasonable solution to this question that they're, that they're dealing with. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so nothing you, you suggested or none of the things you're thinking about are like unreasonable, even if you're being made to feel that way. Um, to answer another question, family planning falls to women because patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, because uh-huh. men have been allowed to not participate in that and some and have benefited from it. Yeah. And yep. some men would like to continue being allowed to do that and 
benefiting from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's a healthy way to approach partnership or especially this part of partnership, but mm-hmm. I think that's where that comes from. Like there's no other, no other source. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I, it's concerning to me that he doesn't want to participate in this. Or talk about it again. Yeah, that, like, yeah, that I mean the not talking about it part was like woof. That, okay. that is being unreasonable. Yeah. We've also a nerve. like asking <laughs> yeah. your doctor about other options, like what are you talking about? <laughs> well, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean we don't have specifics about like you know, she right. said she has had some issues with birth control or however she worded it. So like Yeah. Maybe there are other options available, but like straight up not talking about the obvious one is concerning. Like refusing yes. to engage is is not okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, do you have any thoughts as a person um, who could get a vasectomy? Yeah. I mean, I could. <laughs> I don't think it would <laughs> it would be necessary or useful for me, um, given the type of sex that I have. Uh, but no, I think it. You know, I want to say that you're you're your partner is being unreasonable in this for sure. And that that like unreasonableness like makes sense to me in terms of like why it would happen. Right. Cause we live in a society that says that like people with uteruses are responsible for not getting pregnant. Like, and that is their job and that like the people who impregnate them have no, have no responsibility for it. Um, and because like, there's a lot of, shit tied up in penises and like masculinity and like people's understanding of themselves as like men because of like the penis that they have and the fact that it works in the way that it's supposed Your to. Your penis isn't um, going to go away or stop working if you get a vasectomy. Yeah, no, it's still there, right? Not like, <sighs> absolutely. What are you talking about? They don't just <clears throat> chop your dick off? Dude, I, okay. Just quick aside. <laughs> I googled uh, something vasectomy related. I don't remember what my exact search was before we started this. And the suggested questions on Google are alarming. Oh, give me a couple. Uh, let's see if I can find it again. It was like, do you still come after having a vasectomy? Or like, does vasectomy affect size? Or like all of these <laughs> oh, <God>. just... <laughs> like, I I guess someone's asking these. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Will I last longer after a vasectomy? Um, Ooh. Do you? No. <laughs> uh, does sperm taste different after vasectomy? I wonder if you could get like, nope, I'm not even going to. First of all, it's not bare. So the word you're looking for is semen. <laughs> and secondly, you'd there have you to go. have an extremely, oh Jesus. Sensitive can, palate. Katie, can I read that on the pod? Was that a yes? Oh my God. <laughs> my wife just texted me. I don't think so. Katie for the win. Oh boy. So apparently people Uh, need some clarification around these things based on Google's suggested searches. Sorry. Sam. Like let's let's also remember too that like society infantilizes men, right? It treats them like babies all the time. But we're also like extremely powerful at the same time. We are both babies (laughs) and capable of Let me tell you guys about powerful babies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the only one qualified here. That's true. Uh, No, and so like it treats men like babies so like men should never have to experience any sort of discomfort whereas like women should like have their whole uteruses taken out because like that's a reasonable thing to happen and should be expected of them. Right, absolutely. And it's like 
So like the way that he's responding, like it feels like developmentally appropriate for him is how I'm thinking about it. Like he's like responding in a way that I would expect based on like the patriarchy and like his place in it. Uh, And at the same time, it's like a completely unreasonable thing for him to not want to talk about because it is the most reasonable thing. Like it is the most logical choice in the situation. His position is is to do this thing. His position is unreasonable and understandable. Expected. I don't know. Yeah, expected, I think, is, like, disappointing, but not surprising. Yeah, Yeah. that's it right there. (laughs) Um, But also, like, surprising. Like, I'm still still fascinated by how one-sided family planning is. Like, the research, Mm -hmm. the money behind it, like, um, it's... It's just fascinating. (laughs) And and as you said, heavily disappointed to our letter writer. Like, if you haven't already taken this from us, you have every right to be frustrated. You absolutely shouldn't be shouldering this responsibility, both, you know, physically and mentally alone. You shouldn't have to do that. Um, And this should be a conversation that you bring back to the table and and honestly force him to be a part of it because you are his his um, abstraction. Is that a word? Depends on it is a word. Depends on what the rest it's of your a sentence word, is. But I don't know where we're going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like taking himself out of this the conversation. Oh, um, I don't think that's what it means. But nope, let's nope. go for it. Just going with sound. We, we now, Just making yeah, sound. Yeah, we, we got you. Keep going. Okay, I'm running on very little sleep. His his re- for sure. What's the word I'm looking for? Removal. Extraction. Extraction. Oh, nailed it, I hate Sam. myself. Yeah. His extraction. <laughs> Don't hate yourself. You just. <laughs> That's, you just ex- said a wrong word. <laughs> that seems like a bit of an overreaction. Thanks. You're doing fine. Uh, his extraction of himself from this situation is forcing you to handle it by yourself. Yeah. So it is absolutely mm-hmm. appropriate in your partnership for you to, I'm going to use the word, force him to be a part of this conversation and a part of this decision making. You can't force him to do anything to his body. Um but this is absolutely something you can ask him to participate more in. I think it's um, necessary in order to have a partnership. Like, yeah, if you totally. can't talk to your partner right. about things that affect both of you, what are we yeah. doing? Yeah. Um, and I also just want to, like, validate your fears and the fears of, like, many of our listeners. Um, the threat of this op- uh option being taken off the table, I, I know is a contentious one for some people. Um, but as somebody who uh, recently had a baby, it has made me only more resolute in the fact that we undervalue the l- literal labor of having a baby. Um, pregnancy is life altering and um not in a romanticized way as we like to talk about it. Um, And having a baby is life altering. And the way that we undervalue the bodies that are forced into doing that at times um, is depressing and shocking. And to our letter writer, like your fear is totally valid. And I'm, I'm sorry you're experiencing this. Uh, If I, I, I cannot imagine being forced into doing what I just did willingly (laughs) Um, Mm. because I wanted that pregnancy and I wanted that baby. Um, But the, the, the carrying and the delivery of her has was the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. And it affected Mm -hmm. my daily life. And it still does. My body is still recovering um, and will be different and changed forever. And the fact that we force people into doing that instead of having them, 
have a 15 minute one stitch operation is <laughs> uh yeah I'm losing my articulateness, but y'all know that I'm just feeling my feelings right. about this. For sure. And I think I think it's important to recognize that like you're right in this situation, <laughs> letter writer, Nuva Ring. Um, and that being right doesn't always make us effective. So mm. I would also encourage you to think about how you're gonna have your this conversation with him too, right? Because um I think it's important to recognize that like he's making this decision or he's not wanting to engage in this conversation, probably not because he's like an awful person, but because of like the things that he's been thinking and feeling about for a long time. So I would encourage you as you are approaching this to remember, like, even though you're in disagreement, even though he's being unreasonable, that you're still on the same team, right? You're still you still have the same goals and practice some curiosity with him about why he's having this reaction to the idea of getting a vasectomy. Um, because like going and gun blazes, guns blazing and being like, you need to do this, you're absolutely wrong, is probably not gonna get you the desired outcome. But I don't say that in a way to like make you feel less valid <laughs> in your frustration with mm. him because like that's 100% real. I'm just thinking about like how can you be effective in approaching him with this conversation? Totally, I, I totally agree. I would encourage him or if there's a way for you to encourage him letter writer to talk to some men in his life because i bet some of them have had a vasectomy mm. um and maybe he could have a conversation similar to the one we're having with with someone in his life who has gone through the thing that is apparently very intimidating for him right now um mm -hmm. Or email justbreakuppod at gmail.com and I'll, I'll talk to him um, about how <laughs> it's like literally the lowest bar thing you can do to support your partner uh, and yourself. And there's like nothing but good outcomes for from it. Um, for and sure. that one stitch doesn't even leave a scar. You'll be totally fine. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I found after having a vasectomy that like, a lot of my friends and people in my life had questions about it that like were were maybe similar to the, some of the hesitations that your that your partner's having sure. um and yeah were easily clarified in in a in a brief conversation so yeah <laughs> yeah uh thank you Spencer for being a part of our episode thank you for responding to my text message inviting you on our show at 6:50 a.m. this morning you're very welcome <laughs> <laughs> I texted him in all caps. Good morning. I have an idea. <laughs> I was cleaning dog puke off the kitchen floor because Marcy was oh, so good, scared good, of good, a thunderstorm good. that he barfed this morning. So oh. I was, I was for the y'all don't know Marcy is uh, Spencer's hundred pound golden 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 doodle. Yes. There we go. It's the size of a small horse. Yep, correct. A large horse, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Letter Writer. Thank you, Spencer, for being here and for everything you do for our podcast. Um, Anuva Ring, we hope this helps and we hope you feel uh, supported and loved. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com.
All right, our third letter comes from what is a boundary who is whose pronouns are she, her, and who is writing from the void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I ended things with a guy, he, him, his. I'd been seen casually for a few months, and now I'm second-guessing my decision. For quick context, we're both in our mid-20s. We've been hanging out semi-regularly and had expressed that we'd liked each other, but hadn't put a label on it. There are many things I like about him. He's goofy and sweet, fully commits to everything he does, and makes me feel comfortable and secure when I was with him. But I was still in the process of figuring out whether he was someone I could be compatible with long-term. Mainly, there was the line between the intentional goofiness and potential immaturity. I liked him, though, and since we were taking it slow, with seemingly no expectations of a more serious commitment, I was comfy waiting and figuring it out. The night I ended it, we'd chatted a bit, but I went to bed early and he went out. I woke up at 3 a.m. to him ringing my doorbell incessantly. He was drunk and said that he wanted to see me and sleep over. He'd woken up my whole house, who were understandably pissed off. One housemate told him as much, and he'd nonchalantly brushed it off. <sighs> I was pretty upset and asked him to call an Uber home. What shocked me is that he was surprised. He said he'd have been happy if I'd shown up at 3 a.m. unexpectedly <laughs> and was clearly hurt that I was not happy to see him and even made him leave. The next morning, he apologized and said he realized it was rude. It didn't feel like enough, like he recognized what a boundary violation that was or how upset my house was. I'd have... I'd have been falling over myself to apologize if I was in his shoes. That and deciding it was a good idea to come over in the first place and not realizing that he'd fucked up when he arrived and saw how upset everyone was equals a big red flag for me and a sign of immaturity. I'd also been deciding how committed I was to the relationship and how much I liked him and this forced my hand. So I ended up, I ended things with him. And now I don't know if I made the right choice. Mm. I feel like I overreacted. Was coming over late at night that crazy? I definitely don't want it to happen again, and he said unprompted that it wouldn't, but I can't tell if this was a drunken oops, some sprinkled with some light boundary crossing, or a huge red flag. Part of me wishes I'd made it clear this couldn't happen again, or anything of the sort, but kept trying. I really miss him. I think I'm having trouble seeing this clearly because I was in a pretty toxic relationship a few years back with a partner, he, him, his, who would cross all kinds of boundaries, mm. think reading texts, being jealous, yelling... This toxic S would just X would justify his actions by saying that he hadn't known that was a boundary he mm. shouldn't cross. He'd say he wouldn't do it again, and then next week he'd be violating some new boundary that I hadn't expressly mentioned. It felt like I was playing whack-a-mole. And so when this new guy showed up at my house unannounced, violating a huge boundary I thought was implicitly set, I got freaked out about falling into that pattern again. But I know we're two different people, and new guy doesn't have the jealous and abusive tendencies of my toxic ex. He may deserve a second chance, but I don't have any grace or tolerance left. I, I can't tell what to do. I can't tell how big of a red flag this is. I'm worried I overreacted, and I'm worried that I'm trying to rationalize this because I miss him. What do you think of this? How do I tell when to give someone another chance and when to cut loose? And if it's this early in a relationship, is it worth trying to salvage? Regardless of if you read this on the podcast or not, many warm thanks for the advice, wisdom, and love over the years. The podcast has helped me process my terrible relationship, make wiser relationship choices, and brought me a lot of comfort Aww. during quarantine. Thank you both for your love and work. Heart emoji. Aww, thank you so much for writing and for trusting us with this question and for listening. Um, so... Just caveat, like, I don't know the extent and authenticity of your feelings for this person. I don't know mm -hmm. how well the relationship went and, like, what exactly, how true the emotions are that are missing him right now. But I'm just going to work under the assumption that 
this is not a relationship that needs to be rekindled based on the way you were describing it before. Like you weren't really at, you were like, I'm not really sure if this is somebody that I wanted to pursue long-term. I was happy to like see how it worked, how it went, you know? Um, But like, you weren't, you weren't like gung ho, but you were like, yeah, cool. I'm enjoying this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to offer like, maybe you did wait out waited out and you got your answer you know like you were seeing how it was going and i want to affirm that you that it like going going gone went there you responded appropriately and or appropriately to that moment and now we don't have to necessarily look back and second guess it because you waited it out and you got your answer like this person's not for you Mm -hmm. yeah that and (laughs) (laughs) I do think that there is there is a possibility of of looking at this and right like it's it's a great example of where we can change our mind too. Oh my god, right? so like, funny! This could be an instance where you can change your mind. Ninety percent of the time, Sam and I freestyle this episode, and then like ten percent of the time, we'll be like, "So, what do you think about this? What do you think uh, about you know whatever?" And we obviously didn't confer no, didn't. this episode. Mm-hmm. No, so we have we have different opinions. Uh, well, I which think this person like, had like no self awareness and like. If you're turned off by that, then for sure, cool. cool, 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 cool. And also, you can change your mind. Absolutely. And I think, I think what you said in the letter about like we're two different people operating in two different ways means that we could have very different interpretations yes. of what happened that night, too. Yes. Right? Like, yes. like he said, he would be like, "I would be excited if you came over," and you're like, "I wouldn't." And part of relationships is learning these things about each other, and sometimes that happens in ways that are like big like big like oh shit we fucked up moments yes and those happens in places right and they happen in places where it's like oh cool we eat at different times right yes interesting right like and there's a whole gamut (laughs) of things in between those (laughs) yeah right like and i do want to create space for the idea of like we can have this big sort of like culture clash yes. happen in a relationship and it doesn't mean that like the relationship is doomed and it can actually serve us really well to to step back and be like I'm having a big reaction to this where is that coming from and where are places where we might just be coming at this from different directions right yes. like if his immaturity is is an off like a turn off to you cool like don't date the man that's fine and it's I appreciate the self work that you're doing in like looking back on this and being like okay, was I projecting my own understanding yes. of the world onto him? Was I expecting him to know something that he didn't know implicitly, right? And am I doing that because I have had this this relationship where I where I would not name explicit boundaries and then they would be crossed even though those were like big bad things, right? Like yes. reading people's texts, it's kind Don't of like- do that. Yeah, that feels like a, like a culturally agreed upon, like let's not do this thing. Um, but, you know, might not be. Um, And so, like, I think that there is an opportunity for you to, like, look back and be like, you know, I'm realizing that I had an outside response to that. It wasn't necessarily the reaction that I would have wanted to have. And I want to trust that he's doing something different. So I'm going to change my mind and I'm going to give this man a second chance. Like, that's okay too. And so is being like, that was a sign of immaturity that I don't want to have to teach him how to do this anymore. (laughs) Right? Like, I don't want to have to be this explicit about, like, don't show up to my house at 3 a.m. Like, that's also okay. But just want to create space for the idea of like we can have these moments of culture clash and it doesn't mean that anything's wrong it just means that we're having a a clash of our understandings of the world 
love that. And also, <laughs> we're just going to give like totally opposing advice. Yeah, well, because I, I didn't know okay. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> uh, I was going to say also uh, that it is okay to miss someone that you're not supposed to be with. Like, I think we, yeah. we don't give ourselves that permission enough and we often like give that emotion of like nostalgia for somebody a lot of power and we we think that it means uh, yeah a lot of a lot of power we don't necessarily let ourselves feel um a a missing emotion for someone with any brevity you know but it's okay Mm -hmm. to miss somebody that like you don't want to be with or that you your time has been spent on um and that you don't return to you may miss like the act of making plans with them you may miss their company you may miss um not being alone um that could show up in so many different ways and it's okay for us to feel that and also say like i'm gonna i'm gonna reinforce the reaction that i had after assessing it although i do love i love everything that you said (laughs) it's a perfect example of like there's no one size fit all advice on our show and also um you know there's especially when it comes to like boundaries and responses we get a lot of letters of like how do i know what is my authentic response and my response to conditioning that i was taught in relationships or childhood you know like and sometimes fuck if i know (laughs) yeah right but sometimes we just don't or we have to go with our instinct or and it's like also such a like a high expectation to place on yes. ourselves too yeah. of like I need to respond authentically and not from my conditioning even though like the conditioning is like is so baked in that it is like yes. kind of authentic yes, right totally. of like and again it's just one of those funny things that that we do that folks do to like make themselves feel bad and I say this like lovingly, <laughs> lovingly because I do ourselves <laughs> yeah exactly <At> me <laughs> yeah uh... um but it's it's it is a great example of the fact that like all of these things that Sierra and I are are saying are true at the same time, which right. is like why it's so complicated being a human, right. and and that there is no right choice in the situation. There are just choices. Right. So like, the the only thing that you can do is decide what you want to do and and go with it. And again, right. you have the opportunity to change your mind, right? You have the opportunity to say like, "Oop, this isn't working." And I do want to get back together with him or ask him out again or I asked him out and now I don't want to be with him anymore. Like, cool, you can change your mind, right? And so we I don't want it to be so fraught that it feels like there's nothing available to you, right? Like it's it there's a lot of thinking that's happening and that thinking unlocks a number of different options available. And so like you don't have to you don't have to get into a paralysis around what am I supposed to do in this situation? Cause like whatever you do is gonna be the thing that you do. And that and that thing that you do is gonna be the same or different than the thing you do right after that, right? Like it's we're just making choices. So just pick one. Yeah. And Either one. See how it goes. Worst yeah. and advice then if you don't like it, fucking podcast ever. <laughs> do something else. So just like choose it and then like do something else. <laughs> okay. Um, I say give him another go. Sierra says break it. Don't do it. I love this. We pick haven't disagreed in a while. Decide, um, do, decide who you like best and then pick that person's <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah. That is true. I wouldn't give him another go because I have like a boundary with drunk people. Like I just don't. You do really not like drunk people. I just respond so poorly to them. It makes me feel unsafe. Uh, Anyway. For real. And that's like, that's again, it's like 
what yeah. about your experiences have led you to this moment to have this reaction yes, that you had? Totally. And Perfect like, example. those things are valid and real and you are, you get to decide like, cool. That means I'm that's, that's the boundary. It's like, I just don't interact with drunk people. Yeah. Technically right? like, I just don't fight with them. I don't fight yeah, with, you don't fight drunk with them. people. Yes, if they're absolutely. drunk and we're having an argument, I will literally be like, goodbye. I'm not, <laughs> I will talk to you when you're sober, when you blow into this thing and blow a 0.08 or whatever. <gasps> Did you know those things are highly inaccurate? Oh, really? I was just listening to a You're Wrong About episode about this, where like the, the in the breathalyzer tests they do for folks like in the field yeah. are, are calibrated incorrectly, are used incorrectly. They are, they have frequently give like pulse positives or false negatives and so like it's one of those things where you're like we pretend like this is science and it's not actually science it's like completely made up and like user error is like such a big thing but it was it was one of the many things that they talked about in that in that episode where i was just like yeah I this know. is just in there it's, yeah, it's, it's just, just like in there somebody told me this and i was like yes that's a fact that breathalyzers are things that are always <laughs> effective and correct <laughs> and i never uh... questioned it <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Tangent. Sorry. Back to you, Boundary. Uh, yeah. So that's it, though. I mean, yeah. we love you. And we see you in the complexity of this. And you're allowed to change your mind. And you're also allowed to miss somebody you're not supposed to be with. We're just here to and give you permission to... to be whatever. <laughs> yeah. You're also allowed to not change your mind, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like all of those things. Yeah. Uh, okay, my darling. We love you. We hope this helps. We love you. Thank you so much for writing. Oh, before we talk about the blind date, last week I did the blind date of Heartstopper, the show on Netflix about the the two uh, boys in high school who fall in love with each other. And we have gotten so many letters, people who are like, I just watched Heartstopper and now I'm having an existential crisis. So like, just beware that it may invoke a particular type of like queer existential crisis in you as you're watching the show. Just like wanted to give that that warning because it's it's funny that we keep like, it's like a theme now of like, Oh my God, funny. So many people are like, I just watched Heartstopper and now I don't know anything about my life or what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> it's like, oh, good. Okay. Oh, good. We're going to be all right. Cute, I promise. Cute, cute, yeah. cute. Uh, love that for us. <laughs> all right, everyone. This uh, brings us to the blind date segment of our episode, which is when we try and hook you up with something we think you're really going to like. This week, we want to send you home with. A television show that's like been out, but like I watched it when I was on my maternity leave and I found it incredibly charming. Um, it is The Sex Lives of College Girls. Did you watch that or have you heard of it? Mm -mm. Um, it's a television series um, from Mindy Kaling and uh, it's on HBO. I thought it was so charming. Um, uh, the main character is played by Timothy Chalamet's. Is that how you say his last name? Chalamet. Oh, yeah, I just, like, misread it. Um, Chalamet's sister, Pauline, and she's hysterical. It's oh, great. It's so funny. The whole show is so funny. Um, it's about, like, four college roommates and their sex lives <laughs> and their first year <laughs> at college. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just, like, very charming, very funny. I thought the writing was great. Um, and, yeah, just, like, an entertaining television show that I was like, I don't hate this. I actually love it. Um, so it's called The Sex Lives of College Girls, and you can watch it now on HBO. Sorry, I'm like six months late. <laughs> <laughs> Never apologize. Okay, I'm looking at the title or the thing on Google right now, and it came out in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you had things to do yeah, in 2021. Literally. 
vomit every day speaking of the <laughs> yeah. physical labor of being pregnant anyway that's right that was a, that was a rough time for us we'd it have was. to work around your morning sickness yeah uh all right everyone thank you so much for listening you can like us on facebook and you can follow us on twitter and instagram at just break up pod this literally keeps the mics on and helps us reach more broken-hearted souls who need to nope that's not what i say you can like us follow us that's it that's the end yep. of the sentence go for it <laughs> We've been doing this for literally four years. (laughs) You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart and apparently reviews of Netflix shows on at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please consider supporting us. (laughs) No. Okay. Uh, Remember to like. Or follow or subscribe us and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe us. <laughs> give us a five-star rating and review wherever that's happening. And also consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode, audio and visual uh, Ooh, and visual. cool things that other, you know, visual, <sighs> audio and video uh, and other cool perks, which yes. we talked about at the beginning of this episode. Yes. <laughs> The new $10 level, which is you'll get to hang out with us once a month, once a month live on like a AMA or an interview or something like that. Uh, yeah. And if you subscribe annually, you'll get two months off for free of that annual subscription. And at the $10 levels annually, you will get your letter answered by Sam and I, guaranteed. So check that out. It's a great way to support us and to make sure the show keeps happening for all of our wonderful Just Breakup community. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music recording, editing, producing all metrical things by our local vasectomy. <laughs> Victim. Victim. <laughs> our VV. <laughs> uh, Spencer has three new nicknames. VV. Yeah. <laughs> cool Lips. Not going to explain that one. Just going to put it out there. And Sam and I have been calling him Tech Daddy because he's been helping we us out with some We have been calling him Tech Daddy. <laughs> Anyway, Spencer Worth Davis, check out his podcast, Finding Quadrup Quest, the the never-ending great episode uh, comes to a close. Remember, you are worthy of that good friendship. You are worthy of having that conversation. You are worthy of bodily autonomy and freedom of the expectations of other people. You are worthy of it. Believe it. Stop believing the lie that you're not. And if all else fails... Just break up.